in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Welcome, one and all, Rebound Radio. We are back per every Thursday at this time, 3 o'clock Pacific time in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Alex Lancey, Matt Fish in studio. We are doing Facebook Live for the first time. Um, yeah, that's cool. My my phone's a little small. Uh, due to um, the information I got from Richie Shazam Flores, I cannot use it on my computer, which is bullcrap. Mm. Um, Mr. Zuckerberg figured that out. Uh, <laughs> 888-346-9144. Follow Matt Fish on Twitter at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Check out the voiceamerica.tv page. Uh, click on the big rebound logo in the middle of the uh, of the homepage, and you can see all the videos that we've posted when we were in the NBA Legends Conference mm-hmm. in Vegas a couple months back. Interviewed a lot of former players. For those of you that don't know, this show is centralized around the life after basketball uh, for former NBA athletes. The National Basketball Retired Players Association, referred to from here on out as the NBRPA, um, is foundationalized around helping athletes after the shoes are not worn anymore, after the jersey's hung up, and after the cliche, quote-unquote, lights are turned out with your career, and real life begins. And there's a lot of things that the NBRPA does for the former athletes, whether it be financial literacy or marriage counseling or... um, in effort to help uh, players uh, if they want to take part in some sort of charitable work. Um, so there's a lot of facets, multifaceted uh, organization the NBRPA is. And Matt Fish, uh, here directly out of me, he pulled out the guns for our first Facebook Live uh, <laughs> for our first Facebook Live episode uh, as the chapter president for Phoenix, yep. and there are 11 chapter presidents total uh, that's going to be growing more and more as mm-hmm. the NBRPA rapidly grows. And Matt and I met about what, four months ago now? Oh, I, I always appreciate how you shorten that time. We've been doing this since uh, April. Listen, time flies when you're getting old <laughs> like me. I don't even want to put you on the, on the seven spectrum. seven months. I turned 33 a month ago, so oh my. I couldn't imagine how fast it's moving for... Anyways, uh, <laughs> so Matt and, I, Matt and I met, and um, we didn't know each other. We were uh, introduced to mutual friends, <laughs> and uh, we talked for about half an hour before deciding to do this show together, and uh, you could see the fervor and just passion in his eyes because a lot of people will look at former athletes and all the charitable work and stuff and they're like what are they getting out of it you know what are they getting out of specific situations and you can tell within 10 minutes of talking to matt that um this is all out of the goodness of his heart and i'm not going to get all soppy because i know you'll have a one-up on me if i continue to do so but it's there's a lot of charitable work done in the phoenix chapter and matt is spearheading it so um he is one of the main people that you want to talk to if you ever want to become a part of the NBRPA if you're a f- former athlete or if you just want to take part in some charitable work. Um, he's a guy to talk to. Re- uh, email him at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Mm-hmm. Rebound Magazine is a quarterly magazine that Matt publishes with former um, athletes' interviews and just uh, keeps you up to date on the, the lives of former athletes. And the, if you want to advertise or whatever, Matt is um, the person to talk to. And... It's a great publication. Well, and I read it every time I get it. And yeah. Thank you. As I've been doing it now for six years, and uh, at the All-Star Game down in Orlando, uh, just trying to find ways to 
you know, market these players, remind people where are they now. Besides that, make sure that others know the nice difference that is being made by the NBRPA, not just here in Phoenix, but like you mentioned earlier, the 11 chapters across the United States. They plan on growing that to all 30, so each NBA team will have an NBA chapter in there, uh, around there, so they can go out and make sure that difference is being made. And we do just that. You know, there's a variety of things that uh, we got coming up here at the Phoenix chapter. We're excited to, um, that, are, that are just up and coming. And, um, you know, we've done some things in the past. I'll mention some things that are coming up here in the near future. Um, I want to first, though, uh, share this email a little bit. Arnie Felco, the CEO president of the, the NBRP, the big dog, gave us kind of a, an ABC4 <laughs> <laughs> email sent out here. Alphanumeric. <laughs> It's, he basically talked about the variety of things we got coming up for the NBRPA as a whole. Now, the national chapters in, in Chicago, and I went and did a six-month internship with them last year and really saw the workings of the NBRPA. It allowed me to even advance the Phoenix chapter further as well as rebound. Making a bigger difference was the whole idea, and that's being done. So Arnie sent this out today. He talks about the 2017 All-Star Weekend that they are in the midst of planning for the All-Star Weekend that's this year in New Orleans in February, so the middle of February. February the 17th through the 19th. He talks about how they got a bunch of terrific things planned for the weekend and that he's happy to report that he's been able to negotiate some events like at the opening reception and at the membership watch party uh, at B.B. King. So it's both at the Harris uh, um, Casino, that great big Harris Casino, and then B.B. King's restaurant. Oh, go. I'm going. I'm going to fit in your suitcase. I'm, you come I, on. I definitely You're can going. Fit. I definitely We're going because Rebound's there. We're going to be there. We're going to have our uh, booth at the Legends Lounge. So we're there. Uh, I'm just letting you know. So he's excited to be able to share that we've got some cool events that we can attend while we're there. Part of the reason is because Arnie was working with the Saints, and he was also got on the city council after Perfect. after uh, Katrina came mm-hmm. through and knocked them out. So he was trying to decide, okay, we should keep the football team here. Well, they moved it out. And he was so adamant about it, he got fired. And he got fired, but the city got behind him. And next thing you know, he runs for city council and wins. So he serves a, a, you know, a, a little political position for a little while down there. But we, we have a lot of events down there. We've had our Legends World Sports Conference twice down there. We've had now, this is our second All-Star since he's been involved because it got moved from, you remember, got moved over from North Carolina. Sure. So kind of weird that it happened that way. But we had our tre- president's retreat. So we're always welcome down there in New Orleans, and it's going to be great. So... You know, plan on it, and uh, we're excited to be able to bring Rebound down there and get some good interviews, too. 888-346-9144, Rebound Radio, Voice America Radio. Uh, Matt Fish, for those of you who don't know, played 10 years in the NBA and overseas, won a CBA championship before moving into the uh, – before moving overseas, right? So well, got, you know, I tell you, I got drafted to the Golden State Warriors, but no no room in the, in the okay, end. Okay, I'm going to stop you right now, okay? <laughs> Anytime – we talk about the Warriors. Now this is like, oh, they're good now, so I'm going to talk about the Warriors. Okay? Number two, had to pick that name up from your uh, internship in Chicago. A good Iowa boy here. And now the Cubs just so happen oh, to be yeah. good. So now we're talking about that more and more. Pre-show interview, that's all we talked about. So Yeah. Yeah, I said, hey, you know what? I know this isn't a baseball show. <laughs> so I see show, what you're doing. <laughs> can, we, can we talk a little bit about the Cubs? 
Um, for me, you know, uh, it's been fun to watch them do well, but I'll get off the Cubs. I promise you I will. <laughs> Back onto this email. Yeah. So the Legends Conference that they're talking about having next year that they have every year, the last two years has been in Vegas, but they're trying to figure out where it's going to be next. And so they're really working on that so we can plan better. They haven't done a really good job of trying to get us to plan where it's going to be. And all of a sudden, they surprise us a couple months out, and you're like, Ay! you know, you got to scramble to get there. So at least they're working hard on doing that, too. So he shared that with us. Then he went into they're trying to have the Legends Fantasy Weekend again at the Mohegan son that they've had in the past. They've raised good money for the Dave DeBusher Scholarship Fund in which all the members' uh, kids and their grandkids can apply for and get uh, scholarships for. So they're working hard to have a great event out there. Again, it, they skipped this year. Uh, they had it the two years before that, and it's a great event, and we're hoping that it happens again. And then he talked a little about the health insurance, and the highly beneficial MBPA-funded health insurance. Yeah, it's, yeah it's here, it's here. So they're excited to be able to share what that means, and it's going to be uh, unveiled here within the next month or so. So everyone's on pins and needles. How's that going to work out? I got a feeling the more years you served, the better benefits you're going to have. That's just how it works. I get that. Um, and I think it might start at three years. I'm not sure. My hope is it's less than three years because I want to serve all those that played in the NBA, not just those that made it to three years because I believe the majority has less than a three-year con- uh, you know, um, career mm-hmm. in the NBA. Mine was just short of, but I still qualify as a three-year player, so I'm right on the bubble. So I'm like one of those guys that had that wonderful you know, cup of coffee and enjoyed playing the NBA and uh, glad I was there and thought I could play forever, but realized I can't. So I was happy that Arnie shared these four things and they were fresh in my mind because we got the email on the right here and I just wanted to share that kind of an update for the MBRPA. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in Studio Rebound Radio. So on the docket today, uh, we're going to continue to talk about the NBRPA. Matt Fish is uh, big into financial literacy for children, which uh, he kind of starts at the source um, in regards to kids learning about how to plan correctly for their future, uh, especially those that, you know, make it to the, uh, will make it to the NBA. And which is few and far between, I understand mm-hmm. that. But we've talked to many financial advisors here, and they've they've talked about how it's difficult to get NBA players to listen, active ones, for their future. And we talk about Mar- Michael Carter Williams. I always bring him up. Uh, he deferred a bunch of his initial salary, rookie salary, mm-hmm. into a trust for himself, so he could, you know, have some money, have a little nest for the future. And yes, he's played more and more in the league, so it shouldn't be as much of an issue as it once as the question was. Because when you get drafted, you never know what's going to happen. Right. You know, you never know. You could blow your knee out. We talked about Brandon Roy, who had three knee surgeries. Yeah. He was looked at coming out of college out of Washington after a great NCAA tournament play. And I think it was the Pac-10 tournament, Pac-10 back it then. Was. When he hit three game winners or two, uh, two game tying shots and one game winner in a big game and... Him and Nate Robinson were a number one seed there, and he came out and he injured himself consistently over and over and over again. So financial planning is so important, and we'll talk about the app a little bit, and I do want to talk about a new, uh, another installment of why I hate Carmelo. So we'll get there at some point, and I'll tell you it's going to be focused upon his assist numbers from last year in a direct correlation to wins and losses. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that probably in the third segment. So financial literacy. I'm going to give a broad overview, and you can give the the uh, you can fill in the skeleton, sure, so to sure. speak. So there's this app called School. There's a bunch of L's in the middle. O's, right? O's, three that's O's. What, I meant. what yeah. did I say? L's. Yeah, it's, well, that's fine. One, <laughs> Just one, the one. One will suffice. But it's an app that it will be rolling out. I think uh, mid next year, mm-hmm. if everything goes to plan. Yep. And the premise of it is, uh, kids will download the app, and they will 
learn lessons. There will be you know mini school lessons on mm-hmm. how to save and and mm-hmm. everything in that regard and how to um, how to plan for the future as as I stated. And every so often they will be able to unlock a grant. Mm-hmm. which will go towards their schooling. Mm-hmm. So it's totally free app. This isn't like, you know, if you want to sign up for the premium service, it's $200 a month. <laughs> this is totally free, and it gets kids early to help them for the future. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you pretty much hit or hit the head on the nail yeah, there. It's been long enough. I feel like I should well, at this point. Well, you know what? There's, I tell you what, here's the premise. and We're trying to reach the kids, uh, this, the, the players that think that they're all going to play in the NBA. And the idea is to set them down and, and give them kind of a dose of reality. You know, what are your chances of making the NBA? Yeah, I don't want to dash anyone's dreams, but you know, as everyone knows, it's very difficult to make it there. And they all believe at that young age that they're all going to make it. So first of all, you kind of give them a little dose of reality. And, and hey, guess what, guys? We made the NBA. We're there. And we're just not, I'm not, we're not financially set. We have to have jobs. We had to educate ourselves. We had to have, you know, life after the game. And, you know, maybe with some of the contracts now, it's not as big a deal because you can make mistakes and still have the money left over. Yeah, that's but, Mike Conley. <laughs> so anyway, that being said, we're trying to find ways to flip the script. We're trying to find ways to be a, uh, convey the message. So former NBA players coming in with the message talking about how, you know, I did it and how maybe I should have done it differently, you know, and, and how you need to make sure that you are, are going to do it the right way. Because guaranteed, whether you make it to the NBA or I don't know how high you're going to make it. You're guaranteed going to work with money. So the idea is, all right, how do we motivate the kids? How do we motivate to learn money? So you're right, bite-sized lessons, but competition too. It's a true game where you're competing with somebody else to see how much money you can earn by making wise decisions. And it takes you down this path of whether or not that's the right way to go or whether it's not the right way to go, but you choose it. And then your outcome is, is, okay, where did I mess up? All that being said, you earn experience points. And as you earn more and more points, you can unlock the ability to receive some money, free money, and they put it in a 529 to go to college. So, you know, you're learning about money, now you're getting free money. So we're really excited about the way this thing's headed. And, um, you know, I think it's going to make a difference. So the first question is, how the hell is this going to work? Okay, so how can you get kids motivated to do this? Well, when they have all these camps that I talked about earlier, it's all, you know, focused around basketball as the entity but life skills is really the, it, it's the underlying. It, it's the aura. Yeah, it is. It's the aura. It, it's the it's the happy cloud that 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 is uh, that is a top of a camp that is uh, centralized around basketball. Mm-hmm. So this app, when it gets uh, when it gets released and for the public, uh, this will be a focal point. I'm assuming mm-hmm. on on your uh, during your camps. Yeah. And another question that we talked about with the financial advisor last week is who worked with with NFL players, NBA mm-hmm. players is. What if the parents aren't good with money? So you have a 10 or 12-year-old, right? You have a 10 or 12-year-old that's, you know, in a elementary school or starting middle school. They love basketball. They come to the camps. Whether it be uh, in, in an affluent environment or a, a poverty-stricken one, how do we get to these kids if the parents don't want anything to do with it? Because right. a lot of times parents see other adults trying to teach their kids as having an angle. Mm-hmm. What's the angle here? How am I going to make mm. money here? And kids... I know are very, they're sponges when they're younger, to use the old adage, but how are you going to be able to get these kids to pay attention to a former NBA player when their parents are bad with money? And I think that if you make it a game and a competition, it'll be self-sufficient and you won't need the parents necessarily be looking over their shoulder initially to get them to do it. And I think that it seems like a very absolute statement. Mm-hmm. And a very Shangri-La-ridden statement where this is best case scenario. 
But the best case scenario is these kids get money after learning and competing mm-hmm. with financial literacy. So you don't need the parents in essence. They'll, it'll help. Yeah. But if the parents don't care, as long as you get through to the kid and teach them, hey, this is for your future. I don't care about me, my future. Do you want money for college? Hell yeah, I do. Right. So, I mean, and I feel like that is a hurdle that will be easily absolved, dissolved, if I use the right resolved, easily dissolved Resolve. in an effort to keep moving, moving forward without an extra hurdle in the way to get money for these kids for college. Well, you, you use these former pro athletes who, who um, if they don't have a message, there's a problem. So we got to make sure that these athletes who can truly convey a message where the students will listen to, you know, because it's so funny. A lot of people will come to me and ask, can you teach my kid to play basketball? Because he won't listen to me. So I'll go out there and I'll show him the exact same drills and the exact same thing that maybe the father was doing, but it doesn't matter because it's coming from a former pro athlete. It's not coming from from your what father. A sweet hook shot, if I can say that. <laughs> the fish hook. Sweet hook shot. <laughs> so, so it's the same way here. They, they just need to hear it from someone else. I mean, you, I know I've taught, I'm a teacher. And so, you know, if I was to video myself and put myself on there, they might listen to me one day more than they do the next. They get sure. bored, they get tired, they get, yeah. you know, so you They're try kids. to find different ways to convey the message. Mm-hmm. And, and what's really nice about the message that's conveyed is you use the language of sports. Mm-hmm. And the language of sports, truly, you can. You can compare it to almost anything. You know, if what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. However you want to look at it, all the adages are true. And then you just put it towards life. I mean, sports is life. Yeah, I agree. That's my universal language. I was never, I was pretty good at math, but I don't know. I didn't like reading so much. So sports was always, you put a ball in between 10 players and, you know, you have synchronicity that, you know, goes from, you know, one side of the globe to well, the other. Well, I know we got to go a break real soon, but I know we're talking financial literacy, so let me get this in. Uh, Sports Financial Advisors Association is having their uh, financial conference on November 5th through the 6th um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Actually, it's the week after that, so I think it's the 9th and 10th. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, anyway, it's right around the corner, and I'll get that date for you when we get off of here. But So last week we had uh, Jonathan Miller, who's the president of the SFAA, and he has this great lineup of – he's got Nick Lowry there, who's a former uh, Hall of Fame kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got Mike Stone there who works with Paffy, which is a professional athletic um, – what did I say earlier? It was a – um, a franchise, so a franchise, so getting poor, pro athletes involved with franchises, and he's a former pro uh, football player himself, Mike Stone, and he's got other speakers as well. But I definitely wanted to throw it out there because he was so gracious last week to be on the show, and uh, you know, I'm going to be there, and I have a couple WNBA players and a couple other NBA players are going to come out and represent, and that's another way to solve financial. On the other side, we'll continue financial literacy. We'll talk how I hate Carmelo. We might talk about (laughs) the Warriors and Spurs and what it looks like for the future for Kevin Durant and his new team. Alex Lancey, Matt Fish in studio. We'll be right back. Rebound Radio. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? 
get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Back to Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, 888-346-9144. Follow Matt Fish at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We've been talking financial literacy with children uh, in a direct correlation to the camps that Matt puts on. Now, just putting a, uh, a cherry on top before we move on, um, you get the kids there, so you already win. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to you to, to take the time and, and divulge as much information without overwhelming as possible, correct? Well, there's a variety of different ways to get to, to you know, make sure that the students are being served. You know, we're even going to go around, and we've got it all planned out, to go around to middle schools and sit down with the athletes, their parents, and their coaches. Sit down and talk to them about, and I said it earlier, your chances of making it to the NBA, you know, or the, whatever sport it is that they're playing is very, very difficult, but also explain to them, we'll all work with money. So uh, working it through the system, but having takeaways, so now they're going to have a chance to take away this app to have a fun game to play or even a website, you know, with the ability to, to find out what, you know, what would your uh, dream car actually cost or something like that. Just make sure they have takeaways and make sure that they have the ability to also to get involved with um, a bank that wants to help. I don't want one that's going to, if you run out of money in your bank account, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. I don't want one that if you go to the wrong ATM, they're going to charge you money for that. You know, So I'm really making sure that who we're working with is one that wants to work with those who want to teach them to fish. You, know, you really want to teach them to fish. You can't have them out there just you know, dipping or pulling anywhere. You just got to make sure that they're reeling them in and, and making sure they have something that takes away. So not only do we want to get the skills of basketball or not only do we want to get the skills of life, but we want to show truly the financial literacy aspect, knowing that, yeah, we, you know, hey, I don't know money. You don't know money. Let's learn money together and uh, show them that there's a better way than just buying the neatest, latest, most fad thing. What's your favorite basketball drill to do? 
do with kids. I like the layup line, and I'll tell you why. You can learn right away what kind of skill you have out there, what kind of talent you have in a layup line. It's amazing how true telling is a layup line. You know, it's funny. A little story about me. Um, my uh, dad used to run the rec league that I played in when I was younger, and he wouldn't. And there are conflicting stories here. He has a completely different one, which is malarkey uh, at best. But I could not leave the gym. I was. I, this was starting when I was eight or nine. I couldn't leave the gym until I made ten right-handed uh, layups and ten left-handed layups in a row. So twenty layups in a row, and I cried so much. But I learned because that's like a foundation for basketball. If you can't make mm-hmm. a, if you can't make a shot from 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 you know two feet in, yeah. you're gonna have an issue. Now, okay, so that's layup line. Okay. What else? I mean, give me something that's a little better, like like a like a a drill that maybe you did in high school and college in the pros that you've dumbed down, like the weave or, or stuff like sure. that. Sure, here's one. This helps with rebounding. Helps with feet. Helps getting around the player. Which is a lost art at this point. So it's basically a figure eight. Only there's three of you, and one throws it over the top of the backboard. The other one catches it as they're in the air. So it's like catching it while they're in the air and throws it back over the backboard. And then they weave in and out. So there's three of you doing this, just like juggling a ball, only you're doing it off the backboard. So you're hustling around to get the rebound to put it up nice. So the other guy's hustling around to get the rebound to put it up nice. If you do it 20 times in a row, you get to lay it up. And hopefully you'll time it to where the guy can dunk it out of the three. We'll dunk it. But... You know, depends on what kind of talent you have. Yeah. Do you have a medic on scene? <laughs> I don't know. If somebody might pull a hammy. Well, that's, I mean, it's all about footwork, and every, as every sport is. So it's really trying to not only do that, but hand-eye coordination, grabbing the ball, going back up strong. So to me, it's such a simple drill. And you can say dumb it down, but they did the same drill in the pros. You know what I mean? It's all the way down. I remember, you know, I see him now doing the same drill with the students who are younger, you know, yet. So it's just one of those drills that's easy, simple, you know, but you can get a lot out of it. So we talked about this last week, but um, I want you to tell this story again. So you came from Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, dinner bells, barns, you know, <laughs> 7,000 acres, cows. How many acres? How many acres? Well, a couple hundred acres. A couple hundred acres. Yeah. Seems like a lot of work. Seems like a, it's fine. And that's too. a small farm back there. That was a family farm. You know what? Farm. I wouldn't know the Still wiser. Is. I wouldn't know the wiser. I'm a city kid. So Okay, so. You decided you take a full ride to UNC Wilmington. Okay? Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't play basketball until my senior year in high school. I actually signed a Division One scholarship at Wilmington before I ever started a varsity game in high school. I don't know if that's ever been done, and I don't know if it'll ever be done again. But I was in the band, and I played piano, and I was in chorus, and I was in choir, and I played a little football, a little baseball. I kind of dabbled in everything. It's what you did back then in the 80s. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I got taller and taller, and they're like, God, the, you know, the, the guy carrying the bass drum, Realm is like 6'8". <laughs> What's the deal? And uh, someone came to me and said, hey, look, someone might just give you a scholarship just because you're 6'8". So a, a, a buddy of mine who was playing freshman up to varsity uh, talks me as a junior into going to Northern Kentucky University to a five-star blue chip camp. So we get in this old van, and it's a 13... 13- Why the hell are all these blue chip camps like on, uh, on a different planet? <laughs> Northern Kentucky, you know what? That's the place to go. Well, that, that's closest it, to everybody. Anyways. This is way back then. So yeah. it was a totally different way of, of approaching recruiting. So recruiting's changed so much over mm-hmm. the years with the video and whatever else have you. But we get in this van with a ladder on the back, and it has a 13-inch black and white TV with you know rabbit ears on it. We drive across country with my friend's family. And, you know, we're having, you know, snack cakes on the way and, you know, just <laughs> that kind of thing. Real simple, fun to talk about. Got there. 
you know, laced them up, played a little basketball, and we get back from there, and I get a few things in the mail, and I send some of them back. I've never heard of UNC Wilmington, but I fill out the paperwork, I send it back, and about 10 days later, I get a phone call, and they're like, you know, this is UNC Wilmington, and we're offering you a full-ride scholarship. And I'm like, in what? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, hey, basketball, I better go out for basketball this year then. So, piano? (laughs) So I did. I went out for basketball my senior year. Had a pretty good year. It was 15 and 10 is about what I averaged. But back then, it's funny. You could just hold your hands up and someone would shoot a ball into your hands and you get a block shot. You know what I mean? So it was just using my <laughs> height. You knew bold it through <laughs> senior year. So right. I, was, I was 6'8", 240. Right. And then I went off to college and I grew to be 6'11", 270. And my senior year in college, I led the nation in field goal percentage and never even had pros on my mind ever, you know, but had this opportunity to go play pro ball. And the next thing you know, I'm drafted to the NBA. And of course, then it's like, okay, then it becomes your dream and I have to dig in and see if I can really do it. So, you know, 11 years, almost 11 years, just short of that. So just over 10 years playing ball. You know, I don't mean I don't have to do homework. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's just a kid. I was just a kid. You know, but what what a fun experience! And so I, I feel real lucky to be able to play, go all the way to the NBA, and, and do do what I did. But uh, wasn't easy. You know, put a lot of hard work into it, and uh, being six eleven two seventy didn't hurt either. Um, we're gonna make this a full Matt Fish uh, segment. I've just decided. So um, <laughs> another story that I like that you told. <laughs> oh no, this is good. Um, Give me one Greg Popovich story. Oof. How you know Greg Popovich and uh, one story. Mm. Well, I remember a story on about me, if we're going to talk about me, I guess. I remember Pop, everyone was calling him Pop back then. I didn't know him. He's more of a coach, you know, well-known coach now than he was back then. He was an assistant coach for Golden State when I was there. But I remember going across... Th- B.J. Armstrong, I believe, was coming across the middle of the court, and I kind of went down and just kind of, sort of, didn't foul him, and kind of, sort of, didn't stop the ball, and kind of, I did this, though, hacked him hard enough to get the foul called, and he made the layup anyway. And he turns over to Don Nelson, and he just shakes his head, and he's just like, doesn't that fellow has to come a little bit harder than that? You know what I mean? Just and, I'll, and it's not a funny story, but it's one that very early in my career, I was like, you know what? I better change my ways, or I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So I remember later then, someone <laughs> came across the middle, and I practically decked him. <laughs> And Popovich cornered me and high-fived me and said, there he is. And so he made a big deal about me not letting someone coming in soft across the middle anymore. What was money like in college going into the NBA if we go back to financial literacy? Well, you're talking about if you have any money leaving college? Well, I mean, it's so l- let's go to the NBA here because we're still talking financial literacy, and this is mm-hmm. something that former NBA players have to deal with. Sure. And – it's, we talked about Allen Iverson, and we talked about all these guys that made a lot of money, right. the whole broke 30 for 30 thing. That's kind of ballooned. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about players like you mm-hmm. that didn't make a whole lot of money, right. you know, that, that had to survive after the game, and you've done well. So, I mean, it's, I mean, listen, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not living with me. <laughs> this you know, is true. You have a family. You have, yeah, I do. You, you Thank have you. a nice daughter. I mean, you have Thank all of you. these things going for you, and you've been out of the league for how long? Oh, goodness. Over it's 10 years? Like that. It's, you know, I've, it's been over 10 years. Over 10 we'll years. There. Over yeah. 10 years. So... You're still standing, and well, you're still, I mean, so NBRPA may have helped you, may have not. I'm not going to get that personal mm-hmm. with it. But you have more and more players going into the NBRPA saying, help me. I don't yeah. know what to do with my money that I have left. I don't know how to make it grow. Right. I don't even know where to get a job now. I don't know the skills that I have. Right. 
Well, I tell you, the NBRPA is certainly a great resource for helping players educate themselves, making sure that they have the ability to go to the next level. Uh, we've struggled. The NBRPA has struggled with some of their programs. I'll be the first to admit it because I've, you know, I've gone through some of them. I'm like, that didn't really help me. Mm-hmm. But at least it helped the NBRPA because I could give them my feedback why it didn't help me. So even the NBRPA is constantly moving. It's a moving target. There's a variety of issues that come up all the time. It's changing all the time. But if you get really down to the heart of it, it has to do with relationships, has to do with money, has to do with addiction, has to do with education, has to do with a whole bunch of, of, of you know, it's just the wholeness of a person. So you figure the whole self, how can we help the whole self? You know, um, it can even do, you know, they've got cardiac thing. Now they're going around checking everyone's Which heart. Which is big. It's I huge. mean, especially with all even the high school and huge. college players yeah. just falling, dying in their sleep and collapsing yeah. on the field when they're practicing. So that's another way that they help. And, and they're going around from city to city and they're checking our hearts and then they're making it pro bono. So you have to pay for it. But they're giving you a little uh, USB where you walk away and you share it with your uh, um, your physician at, uh, you know back that you know, your normal home physician, and then he takes the information and goes from there with it. What what do we need to do with it? But just getting that information can be costly and time consuming sure. and on and on and on. And they've been going from city to city and doing it like a one day thing. So they just got out of Dallas, and Dallas went really well. And I know it's going to New York next, and that'll be the fifth of November. And so what it is is all the people from the area will then be able to come in and get a variety of things done to them. Uh, that helps their heart. Uh, I can even run down some of the things that they do. Uh, this is just one of the programs, so I'm just kind of keying on one of them real quick, but there's a lot of others, but let's talk about this one since it's right on the tip of my tongue. So the, the screening includes a full blood workup, an electrocardiogram, an echocardiogram, a, keratoid, a keratid ultrasound, and blood pressure check is what I'm reading right here that in front of me. That sounds important. I don't it know what it is, but important. it sounds important. Sounds very important. If I was yeah. a doctor, I could tell you more. <laughs> but, but, you know, all this information, again, is costly and time-consuming, and you get it all done in one day. So a lot of the stuff will take, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, but now they have it all sitting right there. They get local guys to come in, and they set it up, and they have you come in and get out of there with all the information you need, and it literally is saving lives. I mean, people, so Facebook world, I know this is kind of weird still. I'm not exactly sure if I'm breaking the fourth wall. Look at you. Look at those guns. (laughs) All right, last time. So um, people don't think about athletes when they're not on TV or in the news. So this is how the NBRPA started. The the NFL uh, Players Association, the Retired Players Association, it's been ballooned more because it's just more in the media and and it's more polarizing because a lot of stuff with the concussions and and the physical injuries because football is so much more hand-to-hand combat than the NBA is. I mean, it's not, you know, poles, not polar opposite, but it's, I mean, it's, it's not close either. You know, it's just different injuries and, you know, your head with football and the concussions and CTE and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The NBRPA is doing the same stuff. It's just under the radar. So when you have these guys that retire or forced out with injuries um, after two years, when they're not on TV, people don't think about their well-being. I mean, and that's an absolute statement, but Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's true, you know? And and this is what the NBRPA is is just re-energizing the pulse into these guys, into society, so they can have a life after doing their service to an employer because they're employees Mm -hmm. to an employer and to fans, uh, you know, the consumer base. And we don't have more times than not any use for former athletes until when they're done playing, you know, as a whole, as a, because it's entertainment, Mm -hmm. you know, it's people make a life out of it, you know, in the media and everything and, and marketing and, you know, all that stuff. There's so much money involved in, in professional sports, 
we won't talk about college sports because that's a topic for a different day. But when they're done, we usually, quote unquote, throw it away. Yeah. And it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And that's the whole reason mm-hmm. why this exists and why there's so many advocates for yeah. former athletes. And I don't want to come down on the NBA, but when they're done with you, they're done with you. You know, unless you have a big name. Like if you have a Grant Hill or if you have a Shaquille O'Neal, if you have one of these wonderful names, who doesn't even really need the NBRPA? And they can run with their brand and they can run with all the money that they have made. We're lucky enough to be exemplary at their craft. Good for them. But really, you know, talk about all those players that have spent their entire lives just to make it to the NBA and some don't ever make it and some do make it. And when they do, it's very short-lived. You know, now what? You've spent, you know, 10 years beyond college of really chasing that dream and whether you made it or whether you didn't make it, some make it in different fashions. Some make it for a 10-day. Some make it for three years like I did. Some make it for 10 years and more. So there's such a variance of the amount of money that you can make, uh, truly. So that factors in too when you're done playing now i've spent 10 years trying to reach my dream and i got there but you got somebody else who couldn't pursue that or didn't pursue that who's been in a job for 10 years and you turn around and try to get a job now all of a sudden you have no experience at all so it's really hard to break away from anything basketball because you're supposed to be a pro at it. So now a lot of them try to go back and coach. A lot of them continue to try to, you know, work with youth, and I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there, a lot of these players are doing something fantastic. I mean, we were supposed to have Grant, uh, Brian Grant on today, and he was talking about all the different things that he's doing. He got pulled away because he's doing color commentary for the um, Trailblazers. Trailblazers tonight, so for tonight's game. But he said he'd be here next week, so we got Brian Grant coming back next week to talk about all the things he's doing. But we've had people on the show before who've, who've done wonderful things, but if no one knows about them, then they just – just, it needs to be known. So that's really why Rebound exists. You know, I'm really trying to remind people who they are and all the wonderful things that they are doing because there's not enough attention being paid. There's not enough exposure for that. So if we can make sure that people understand that there's needs for these athletes, and not only that, but there's athletes that are doing fantastic things but don't have the exposure that they should be having, mm-hmm. then we're here to assist in all ways that we can transition athletes to life after basketball. Yeah, and uh, Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio, Rebound Radio, 888 Four six nine one four four. Follow Matt on Twitter at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Uh, it's difficult with the NBA because there aren't any farm systems. Uh, the NBA DL is to a certain degree, but there's yeah. also it's it's a very small percentage of players that can even make a roster there. And I think about the name Dante Jones. Okay, so Dante Jones, who went to Duke, okay, played in Memphis, w- was a journeyman around the league. Yep. He's thirty five years old. Okay, he was in the D League for the last two years, I believe. 33, 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. This guy, this is, in, this is an abnormal story in the long stretch of, of an NBA career. Some guy that wants to play ball so bad, played in the league for seven or eight years, and then went back down to the DL. He came back up with Cleveland, won a championship last year. They pulled him, I think, for the playoff roster, if not for the last 10 or 15 games of the season. Right. But that doesn't happen. When you're done, you might go overseas. We talked to Keith Kloss. Keith yeah. Kloss, 41 years old, played with the Clippers for a yeah. long time, uh, 7'3". Yeah. He just got a gig in China. So yeah. he's 41 yeah. years old. He's still 7'3". I'm sure he can still yeah. put his arms up and block and dunk and stuff Absolutely. like that. On the other side, we'll continue some talk with Matt Fish. I'm Alex Clancy. We'll talk financial liter- literacy. We'll talk NBRPA. And I promise we will get to why I hate Carmelo. Carmelo. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio, final segment, 888-346-9144. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio. We are going down the chronology of Matt Fish's life. From the, from the dinner bells all the way to the NBA. <laughs> I want to hear it one time. I want to come out. I want your mom to make me dinner. And I want to come and sit on the back patio in Iowa. I mean, how in September or October when it's like pristine. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure. And all joking aside, I'm very envious of how you grew up because I grew up in L.A. And it's, I mean, it's, it's awesome, but it's boring. I mean, it's not... Are you it's kidding different. me? When I was going to small town, I wish that you grew up here. Yo, I wish See, I grew up in okay, LA. Give me a year. Are you kidding then, me? You know what? I'll take a year of my of my uh, younger self to live there. 888-346-9144. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Click on the rebound logo. Uh, check out the um, NBA Legends Conference videos that uh, the interviews that we did. George Lynch was my probably my personal favorite. Stephen Bardo, uh, Keith Kloss, Cherokee Parks, the tatted one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a lot, and yeah. that, that was still really fun. You know what? I, I hope that um, the Legends Conference is in on the continental U.S. Yeah. next well, year. Well, if not, uh, just again, get a passport. I have one. Okay, we'll get you there. Okay. We'll get you Suitcase. there. Suitcase. Uh-huh. Suitcase. I got a big one. I like it. Okay, <laughs> so we have about uh, 15 minutes left and ballpark. And I want to talk first do about, it. about an up-and-coming thing. Please. Then we'll get to Carmelo. No, I, no, no. no. That, that's the last four minutes. That's all I need. <laughs> Up and coming is the Joe Necro Foundation um, and Borrow Brain and Spine. So it's called the Knuckleball, a pitch for life. And this is honoring uh, with the Joe Necro hu- human- Humanitarian of the, of the Year, 
and the Medical Humanitarian of the Year. So two recipients, but it benefits the brain aneurysms because Joe Necro had the brain aneurysms and his daughter has started a new foundation. Did in Cherokee Parks too? Uh, yes. Yeah, so yes, he did. So prevalent. he would be perfect to be tied in here. Now, I just got an email from Alvin Adams and Alvin Adams knows this Nancy Hanley who has won the Joe Necro Humanitarian of the Year Award, but Alvin can't come because he's running the stock talking stick arena the night that they play like Sacramento or something but the night that they're doing this it's Saturday November 12th 2016 at the Arizona Biltmore and uh, looking forward to that they have a reception they have a silent auction and raffle they have a dinner uh, program and a live auction they also have music entertainment by the Groove Merchants so you know it's going to be a great event we're going to be represented the NBRPA will be there the Phoenix chapter I'm going to have the WNBA a couple WNBA players there as well as well as a couple NBA players representing a great cause so I just wanted to get make sure that the great cause is thrown out there tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to work on getting an interview uh, with uh, uh, Natalie Necro. So she's the founder and executive director. We'll get her on here before the big event. So we'll get her you know, soon. Well, I'm cool. looking forward to it. She'll tell us more about it, but it's for a great cause. And I always like to point out great causes. Yeah. See, when I talked earlier, I wasn't whistling Dixie. I was saying that Matt has his hands in so many things, um, all pro bono, all stuff just to get the word out for a lot of times. It's, you know, financial literacy, as I've said, but just mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in pretty. So Matt's 6'11. 611 and, <laughs> and and uh he's walking like you you're one of the lucky ones I would say for your height, I know, no, I know you have no issues. major injuries, yeah. no major, major injuries, no major surgeries, no nothing bad. I have broken bones. I broke my nose. It's a big nose. It's got, it's a big target out there. It got hammered. It's a Iowa times. nose. But I straightened her out and, and we're still running straight when we run down the road. The wind's not pulling me to the left or to the right. Hip issue. That being said, hips a little bit, knees, tendonitis. I got a little back issue, slight scoliosis. I have degenerative discs. I have broken fingers and toes and hands and feet. And it's so funny. People think that, you know, it's a non-contact exporters, whatever, but it takes everything you have Absolutely. to be able to do it. And it got to the point where I couldn't sleep at night because things were hurting too much. How long ago was that? Uh, when I was in the early 30s, so I was getting close to the end of my career. And I was like, you know what? This really hurts. And I may have the, I may have gold rims on my wheelchair, yeah. but I'll have a great wheelchair. Yeah. Or I could just kind of say, hey, look, you know, I had a great run. You know, I got a chance to play in the NBA. I played overseas some too, in China and Poland and Italy and France and Argentina and Venezuela and Puerto Rico. I saw the world, yeah. man. And the ga- the ball game gave so much to me. So the game of basketball has given so much to me. I'm like, I better just you know, pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. So I ended early. I could have played a little longer. I could have played a little longer, but. Would it have been for a paycheck at that point? Yeah, oh yeah. So it have been you, overseas. Did you lose and I look back and sure I wanted to do it again but I also think now how much pain I'm in and I am in pain and it just happens it just does and then the the older I get there's more pain they're coming out I remember falling down one time I got tripped up by a player it was Horacio Yamas let's go there Horacio Yamas was the first Mexican born NBA player we were both in the CBA fighting it out he was the Sioux Falls Sky Force and I was the uh, Quad City Thunder and I was killing him up and down the court I was playing great against him because he's a little overweight whatever else have you he couldn't keep up with me so he trips me and I fall down and hit my wrist and my wrist hurt for six weeks after that well 
it went away after that. But guess what came up most recently? That same wrist injury is painful to this day. So I was getting up off all things like the couch, you know, like pushing myself up off the couch. And my wrist was like, hey, and it felt just like it did way back then. So these little, you know, small injuries, they come back to haunt you. They do. They really do. So, you know. These guys know that. We even had a partnership with Stryker, which was like knee replacements and hip replacements through the MBRPA. Now, I don't know if that you know relationship still is intact, but it shows that there's the need. And so if it's not, I want to make sure that we're pushing towards something like that, another relationship. And you're one of the lucky ones, mm, as right. I said before. I mean, imagine how, imagine how awful it can be. And I'm going to ask you this before we say go into the NBA for the last few minutes. Do you think they should shorten the season because of the ever- uh, prevalent quality of life thing that is going on now, you know, and, and I know it's a lot of time again, football over like, overshadows everything, which is unfair, but it's the number one sport in America. And there's a reason why, and they keep mm-hmm. in the news and, you know, they can pump media with, with whatever the hell they want to. Do you think that they should shorten the season? Not just because it's long and grueling and quote unquote boring. I love the NBA. So I'll watch yeah. anything, anytime. Sure. Do you think they will ever do to, quality of life for players after the season's over? No. Or after if, their careers are over? No. If anything, they may try to lengthen the season, and they've already done that before. Mm-hmm. Now, they couldn't lengthen the regular season because it had to coincide with, you know, the amount of baseball games sure. and the amount of basketball games. So it's the amount of basketball games doubled is the amount of baseball play that's played in a year. So it's 164 games a year for baseball and 82 you know, for basketball. But guess what they did when they came into the playoffs? Hey, let's take all these five series and extend them because it means millions and millions of more dollars to the owners and to the, you know, all of that. So they've actually extended the season since I've been involved, since I've seen it. Do I think they'll shorten it? No. What bothers me is playing back-to-back-to-back games. Mm -hmm. That's terrible on a body. Back-to-back's hard enough, but could you imagine back-to-back-to-back? There are some of those. That was only on the strike-shortened season Uh a couple years ago. And then then that was was inhumane. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But that being said, I know now that travel's even better than it was when I was there. If you want to compare travel in the CBA compared to the NBA, the NBA was plush. You had your own seats. You you didn't have to go through security. You could walk right onto the field, the airfield. You could drive onto the airfield park it and get on the thing. It was unbelievably so much easier than it was, say, in the CBA. And I know it's better now. Yeah. You know, I know it's better now. So the, the ability to travel and get treated on the planes, that wasn't even available when I was there. They just started putting stationary bikes on the plane and masseuses on the plane, you know, just began when I was there. Now I think it's on every plane. You know, you can get a variety of different meals to eat too, not just one. You know what I mean? Now you can choose. You know, there's more healthier choices and everything. So it's just evolving. It's such a business. It's such a huge business. And if you ever end up, again, in the Olympics in Rio, you can rent a cruise ship oh, and stay geez. on because, you know what? We're America. 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 We don't need to stay with that. Andrew Bogut, you can deal with your lack of uh, shower curtain. We'll, we'll stay on, uh, on the <laughs> casino-ridden uh, cruise ship mm. in, uh, you know, in international water. We're just going <sighs> to do that. So NBA season's upon us. We've got about five minutes left. Yep. Already some very interesting uh, storylines. I agree. One, Warriors lose by 29 at home. Uh, they lost one game all year last year at home, and that's, you know, tied this year. 129-100 Spurs. Um, Kevin Durant, 27-10-4. and uh, They started slow. They played better in the second half, and this is going to be a work in progress. If you look at any big team, any big three team or any conglomerate of, of uh, powerhouses, especially offensively, which is what uh, Golden State is, it's going to take some time. I think Miami started eight and eight or seven and yeah. eight, eight and seven, something mm-hmm. like that. 
They made it to the finals four straight years. So yeah. it's rinse, wash, repeat. You just have to kind of figure out what detergent to use. Well, yeah, I agree that they shouldn't have been blown out by that much. Supposedly the best team ever com- comprises what they're trying to tout it as. But after one game, you really can't just put the label on them that, no, they aren't the best team ever because we've yet to see. There has to be a lot of, you know, molding and gelling and all that stuff that you got to do in a basketball team. And there's no doubt about it. I've seen teams that go out there and they just look like they just couldn't play the game, but they're so precise in what it is that they do because they play together as a team. And they're not. Well, they're just not playing together as a team yet. And, and well, the interesting point, and they're not going to lose by 29 every game. This is, yeah. this is, this is a non-issue. It's a non-issue. The fact they lost by 30 at home the first game, it's, it's, it, you know, it just makes for good TV and good analysis and all that stuff. But it's going to be a non-issue. They'll win 65, 63-65 games this year. They'll probably get the number one seed, and they'll probably face Cleveland in the finals. I mean, that's just, everybody's talking about that. I don't want to talk about that part. The part I want to talk about is how long do you think they will cater to Kevin Durant because he's the new guy? And you have to feed new egos, mm-hmm. okay? They were so lucky when they got Steph, and, and he panned out because he's not an ego guy. Right. You know, he's a flashy guy. He, you know, he pats his chest and points to the, points to the sky. Klay Thompson is even less of an ego yep, guy. Yep, yep. Draymond Green is more of an ego guy than both of them combined, right. but you need the firepower that he has inside of him. That's great. So those three, okay? You get rid of Bogut, who's a veteran. Okay, you get rid of Harrison Barnes, who is kind of a defensive guy. But he was, he was another non-flashy guy. Yeah, but, exactly. But he was never as good as the seventh overall pick warranted when they draft. I think they draft him fifth right. or seventh overall. You have Andre Iguodala, but he's not going to find any minutes, in my opinion, with those four guys. They're all going to play between 30 and 35 minutes a game, depending upon the lead and where they are in the standings. Because yeah. you do want to keep an eye on Durant and Steph who've both had ankle and foot issues because if one of them goes down, then you got a problem, okay? The question I will ask to you before I get to Carmelo that I'm so excited about (laughs) is how long until Durant is part of the team and they can focus on the team and not on Kevin Durant. Well, I don't know if anyone can come up with a specific date or time. You have to. (laughs) You've got to see see this thing develop. So, uh, you know, I'd like to say it'll be uh, six games, you know, but, man, I just don't think that'll be enough. It could be, be a year. It could it be could two be, years. Right, exactly. So who knows how quickly he can find himself within the mix, within not having to cater to him. And if they continue to cater to him, I think they're going to continue to kind of come up shorter than they should because that's a heck of a lot of talent well, on yeah. paper. And, you know, Steve Kerr um, played under um, uh, Phil Jackson, played under Greg Popovich, Okay, so you have two guys, and he was he was on the on the sidelines more than more than on the court. He hit some big shots. Mm-hmm. You know, he hit the one with the Bulls, and then he hit five threes in a finals game uh, one year with the Spurs. Um, he's got some good people to talk to. Not that he'll talk to Pop, but I'm sure Phil Jackson and him, because Phil Jackson's already out with the Knicks um, it, it mentally, I believe. It's going to take a little bit of time. Could take till the All Star break. You know, they could win. Ten, they could lose ten or twelve games in the first half and then turn it on. We don't know. They can pretty much cruise through sixty percent of the season, anyways. Button on it. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Okay. There we go. They lose by 29 to um, LeBron James mm-hmm. and the NBA champion Cleveland Cavaliers. If you're under a rock, everybody saw it. LeBron had a triple-double without yeah. even opening his eyes. The stat that I have from last year is Carmelo Anthony, when he averaged, or when he averaged, when he had five or more assists in a game, okay. they were 13 and 12. Okay. That's not good by any stretch. Yeah. They won 32 games last year. Okay. Okay? 32 and 50. 
He sat out 12 games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're looking, or he sat out 10 games. So we're looking at a 72-game span. 13-12 and 12 with five or more assists, which is a winning record, which is a far cry from what they were the rest of the season. Four or less assists, 19-28. and 28. So 65% of his games played, he had four or less assists. Mm. They're 19-28, and 28, okay? So, and this is, I've been talking about this for five years now. Ever since he went to New York, they always say, oh, he's a new Carmelo. He's new Carmelo. God, give me more time. He's a new Carmelo. He's new Carmelo. He's not. And he never yeah. will be. Yeah. And he had 19 points, I think, and, and four assists in their game. Three assists. 19, 5, and 3 in 30 minutes in a blowout. Okay? If Carmelo Anthony doesn't learn how to play as a team player, he will go down as one of the biggest wastes of talent in NBA history. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy, Rebound Radio. Follow Matt on Twitter at Rebound, at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Check out the NBA Legends page on Facebook. Check out the NBR page on Facebook. Email Matt Fish at mattfishreboundmagazine.com. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish, once again. We will see you guys next week at Rebound Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.